podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Brutal Nation, a podcast series that's dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. You like how excited that sounded? Because there's, true a, re- crime. there's a reason behind it. I'm your host, I Scott know. Alexander, and right across from me is the one, the only, my fantastic co-host, Miss Tammy Underwood. How are you doing, Tam? You know, it's Sunday. I'm okay. Just Okay. What Actually, the fuck I'm is really literally excited. wrong with you? No, it's like I'm really excited about your news, but at the same time, I have in my head all these questions rolling through. Like, <laughs> as, you know how they roll credits at the end of the movie? Uh-huh. I'm like getting those questions on one of my TVs in my head, and it's like I'm try- I'm trying not to focus on it because I need to focus on this. So it's hard. Here's my news, and I got to tell you guys, uh, and I'm not going to post it. Yet, but uh, we are going to add into this podcast I here know. when you put your thingy on there that I got a letter. I have a handwritten letter plus artwork, in a, in a way artwork, uh, from the one and the only Patrick Kearney. The Notorious. Yeah, we can call him Notorious, but I feel bad no, even He wasn't using that really w- Notorious. He was kind of like hidden in the shadows of the other two. I don't even... I hate to even think of him as a killer at this point after reading his letter because yeah, he's so articulate. Very articulate. And the letter, I got to admit, like, so uh, Jake, my son, went out to the mailbox to get it. And this kid doesn't run for shit, okay? <laughs> Did There's, he run like there was a bear chasing his he ass? He ran like there was a whole bunch of bears chasing <laughs> him. like a flying spider. <laughs> and a flying, <laughs> yeah, he, he ran like he did, like, with the flying spider. Yeah. Um, and it was in my hands, and I, finally I had to open it. And I, I got to admit, I was scared because I thought there was, was going to be kind of maybe a dick. Uh, yeah, because there was always that possibility. Yeah, but it was very, I felt heartfelt. Yeah, and like he was grateful that somebody reached out to him. Yeah, and he was grateful and just an amazing well, well, guy, Well, it reached man. out to him with facts, like research facts and not just, you know, that spouted is, rumor. That is one of the things that he had said. Yeah. He, he really appreciated when I, when I wrote him that I pointed out details that he didn't even know about when it came to uh, the ones I featured him with, right, Kraft right. and Bonin. Um, and his reaction to them torturing was the same as I assumed his reaction was when the cops were questioning him. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which he's all, I didn't even know they tortured their victims. He goes, yeah, I never tortured anybody. Yuck. I know. Like, he was disgusted again. Like, yeah, like... You know, what's the point of doing that, you know? Right. I do want to point out a couple of things, and then we're going to get on to the rest of this podcast on uh, this uh, Villa Dilmi. Delme. Yeah, whatever his name is. Is, I'm not sure if I misspoke when I featured Kearney. Okay. Um, And I still have to listen to the podcast again. However, according to Pat, which that's how he signed his name, was Pat. And I feel like he's my friend now. now. Nicknames. I yeah I ha- you have no idea I'm not gay but I am madly in love with Patrick Kearney <laughs> madly yeah you have you have a love affair like you do with my dog it's just on a different I would level. S- if he did drink I would smuggle a fifth of booze into him up the keister <laughs> in my prison wallet you'd use your prison pocket I'd use my prison pocket for him yeah but um according to what Pat had said in his letter is that. He, uh, while some people have said that he picked up guys in gay bars right. in San Diego, he goes, I don't even know if there, he goes, I'm sure that there are gay bars in San Diego, but I never knew of them because I never picked up guys there. And 
I don't drink and I don't right. like bars. Yeah. So I'm I'm not positive if I misspoke, and if I did, I See, highly apologize. I don't apologize. remember anything about San Diego or gay bar. I don't remember, I remember anything about gay bars at all in his podcast. Mm, I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I do remember San Diego and Baja Mexico. Well, and that could you know, and that very well could be. Um, and because I only listen to it once, usually I go over some of them twice or three times. But um, yeah, I don't remember anything about any bars and any of that in his whole po- in that whole podcast. But so. yeah, it was uh, it, it was amazing reading his letter. I was actually starting to get teary eyed just because yeah. of the excitement and just reading reading firsthand. Number one, handwritten, not typed. Right, right. And it's personal. It was very personal, and it was just. Amazing. I just mm-hmm. seen how articulate he is. Very. And you can see how educated and the high IQ because the type of handwriting he has, like I stated when I when I was talking to you about it, it's like that is a sign of a high IQ because it's you know what I mean? It's, it's the kind of like not really sloppy sloppy, but you know, kind of I don't know, it's a different writing style. It's hard to explain. Just wonderful. Okay, so yeah. Let's get on with the program because I'm gonna do a whole special feature on Patrick later. As him and I are talking, and I get even more information about him because I want to know him as a person. Yeah, I can see that. Out of all, out of all the, and I regret having to use the word serial killer, but out of all the serial killers that we've done, uh, he is still my favorite because he is articulate. Right. I mean, and I think if Pan's room was still alive and we wrote to him, he'd be up there on that list, too. Maybe. Because, well, I think, because he was articulate, too, for having a low education. He was, but even with Carl, I don't think I'd be smuggling booze in, in my uh, prison yeah, pocket. Yeah, I don't think to you him. would either. Carl's because, a little, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Patrick's a little different. Okay, so, what do you got for me? Let's I, talk. Today's Medical Monday. Woo. It's like one of my favorite days, actually. I know. You love the medical I do, ones. You know why? Because it fascinates me i've always been i mean i love things to do with medical field and everything i told you i was i wanted to be a nurse until i found out i had to stick people with a needle i can handle blood i can handle all that crap oh and (laughs) open wounds that's kind of gross to me too um but yeah i because i really wanted to be a nurse or in the medical field and then when i realized i had to stick people with a needle i changed my dreams to be a forensic uh accountant and then that fell through so you know now i'm doing this you know (laughs) Beauty. Just kind of go downhill. No, I'm kidding. It goes downhill from here when you're working with me. Um, So, yeah, I I really am fascinated by a lot of the medical stuff. But this guy is actually out of Spain. Hola? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it's like Spain. And, you know, because when I told you he was, you know, Spanish, a lot of the articles are in Spanish. You're like, Mexico? I'm like, no, dude. Spain. Actually, Spanish. It's actually Catalonia. Uh, So his name is... I think it's either pronounced Joan or Juan. Juan? I can't. I I can't do J O A N. Yeah, it's J O A N. Villa de Lome, and he was born into a working class family on September 26, 1965. Oh, I forgot the um, quote. It's from Raj Chess, and it's even under the best of, circumst- of circumstances in 21st century America, at least. Caring for elderly patients ain't no place for sissies. <laughs> no shit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I figure when you get elderly, man, like, I'm 48 and I'm bitchy as fuck. Like, 
Well, and the elderly people, they don't give a shit. They, and, will, they will speak whatever is on their fucking mind. I'll tell you, and the elderly have earned that right. Mm-hmm. You've lived your life and what have not. You, you, you just don't want to put up with anybody's shit no more. You hit right. that wall in life where you're like, you know what? I'm in my 70s. Fuck these people. Which people, Scott? All of them. What about your grandkids? Fuck those little bastards, too. Yeah. Well, and I've heard, I've heard sayings that says, if you want to know the truth... Ask an old lady or a child. Or a child, yep. Because they don't, I mean, child doesn't know any better, and an old lady just don't give a shit. There was a comedian. Uh, oh, God damn it. I have his face in my head, but and his name will come to me. But um, he does a whole bit about uh, stories from children. And he's talking about one of his nephews that all of a sudden blurted out, I saw Uncle Jeff at the park with a lady on his lap. But it wasn't Aunt Maria. And he tells the kid, that's a good story. Yeah. yeah. Go back and get more like that. Yeah. Bring like that back the, to me. Like the commercial that says, my mom says she can't believe you wore white at a wedding. It's like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Totally. I mean, sorry, I had to clean something out of my keyboard. Her cooch. Out of my, out of my keyboard, <laughs> yeah, shithead. Sure, that's what it was. Yeah. And so the family lived in Castile Folite. Uh, De La Roca, which is a municipality of Catalonia. Um, his parents' names are, and I know you like this name because we've had it before, Encarnacion. Encarnacion. That's and a stylish Rodrigo. name. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. They, they were of humble origins. They worked in a factory making embutito, or it's also called imbotit, which is a variety of cure. I looked it up for you because you're looking at me funny. Yeah, what the fuck is it that? It is a variety of cured dry sausages. Um, and these sausages are commonly found in the cuisine of Iberia as well as former colonies inhabited by the Spanish and the Portuguese. I'm surprised with my travels. I've never, if I have eaten it, I, I don't remember. Yeah, well, and I'd like to actually look it up and see if they sell some around here because oh, I'd sh- like to try it. I'd like to I try like that new shit. cuisines. We're going to try that. Yeah. Fuck yes. I mean, for my birthday, I usually pick a different cuisine restaurant to go to ever, all the time. I'm big on food, too. I yeah. Mean, I want to try Russian food next because I haven't had Russian food yet. Careful, man. Turn to a communist that way. No, dude. It's Mother probably Russia. filled with vodka. Yeah. Hey, if it's full of vodka, I'll fucking lick the plate. Yeah. When I went to the Greek restaurant, it's not open anymore in downtown Portland for one of my birthdays. They, I got, because it was my birthday, I got a free shot of Uzo, and I don't like black licorice, but damn, I downed that thing. That's, that shit's a bomb, and, man. And somebody bought me a second shot, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm not driving home, I don't give a shit. <laughs> See, I love black licorice, and I will drink a bottle of that shit right fucking now. Yeah, it was actually really good. It wasn't that strong licorice flavor. Right, right. Yeah. So, anyways... um, so I'm just going to call him Joan because that's easier to pronounce. Joan's childhood wasn't a great one, uh, but he wasn't abused or mistreated by his parents or family. Um, he, other children from his school and around the neighborhood would later claim that the issues that affected him in his childhood were due to the internal struggle that tormented him. You know, because like I said, he had no abuse. His family treated him really good. It's he struggled internally. Um, and as he entered puberty... He became incredibly insecure about his physical appearance, a physical ailment he had, which I'll discuss in a little bit, and his self-identification. Wow. Like, are we talking like Yeah, sexually? he had gender dysmorphia. Okay, that's, that's what I was getting yeah, at. I, and don't... I, I get into it here in a second. But reports indicate that Joan was a less than average student. 
Um, and he displayed asocial behavior when he avoided any sort of interaction with the other students. And he attributes most of this behavior to his acne problem. Because I guess he suffered from severe acne. You know how some yeah. kids do. No, I can my understand My brother that. and my sister did. I didn't, thank God. I had it until, uh, this is going to sound totally fucking gay. Well, but not like me saying like, that I Not would, like you with Kearney? But, well, yeah, I was going to say, me with Kearney sounds super gay, too. So, but uh, until my, my mom found uh, the scrub from Avon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a scrub, but it was like kind of, it was almost like a menthol-y feel. Right. That shit cleared it up. Because that's like why Noxzema has that menthol thing, because it like opens your pores more. Oh. And cleans them out. My thing is, is I'm allergic to all that crap. That shit was but I'm, I'm glad I did not have the acne my my brother and sister had because I would only get like a few white heads and shit or some black heads. Gotcha. And my sister goes, "You bitch!" I go, "I know, can't help it. I have a perfect complexion." I just well, you know, and, and being... then I don't use soap on my face either. I use cleansers. Oh, I use uh, facial uh, cleansers, like mild facial cleansers. Yes, if you use leaves, and or some I shit. only do it like every other day or so because that won't dry out my skin. Oh, that kind of yeah. makes sense. I have a big thing on skincare. I should do a whole blog on, or whole podcast on that. It's just you know, being in high school, if you have horrendous acne and you're not exactly the right. popular kid in the school, I could see where he'd have a yeah, huge struggle. Very, yeah, and then if he feels self conscious, anyways, because you know his acne is so bad. Because I can see people being that way. Yeah, you know? oh, totally. And then he also suffered, he had hand tremors oh. in his hands. And it never explains why, but um, yeah, it could be the anxiety he felt. But like I said, it never explains why. And after his arrest, he made claims that for most of his youth and or childhood through his teens, like his, like I would say around eight, nine, you know, prepubescent, he often felt he was a woman trapped inside a man's body. And he also states that most of his habits were influenced by his homosexuality. And the psychiatrists that evaluated him um, say that the mental anguish he had was a result of these feelings. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to figure he was born in what? 65. I was just going to say that during that time period, yeah, once so again, this is when, you know, being late gay, 60s, early seven, yeah. you know, wasn't widely accepted as it is today. I mean, it was probably more accepted in Europe and very you much know, Spain so and all that stuff. But still, there's still that you're different. Very. Yeah. Very different. And kids pick on other kids that are different. Oh, very much. so. kids are cruel. Yeah. That's just the same. No matter where the fuck yeah. you go. I mean, and time doesn't change. I mean, nothing changes with that. They're still cruel. Yeah. Even worse because they have the Internet. Oh, no shit, huh? Yeah. Damn kids on their internet. Yeah, the cyberbullying where they can hide behind a screen is just, I mean, it's disgusting to me. Yeah. No, it's I, like, you know what? Face somebody, you puss. No, I agree, man. <laughs> of course, I think bullying's a pussy move anyway. Oh, so. yeah. Me too. Me too. Um. Anyways, so in his late teens, he moved to Castillo de Empires. I Like I said, I am not very good with like Castillo Spanish Castillo de Empires. Thank you. You can do it for me. Where he lived in a small apartment, and then Joan went to actually went to beauty school in Olat, where he trained to be a hairdresser. Um, you know what that makes me think of? That what? song from Greece, "Beauty School Dropout." No graduation day for you. Remember that? Oh yeah, Greece. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's just where my yeah. brain happened no, to go at the time. Yeah, Frankie Valley. That was it. Yeah, love him, but. Um, so he went to be a school to be a hairdresser, and he often spent his spare time practicing what he learned in school on the women around his neighborhood. He would just go around, you know, Fabulous. his friends and stuff. I mean, the ladies he knew and just like 
do their hair for them. Senora, your hair looks horrible. Let right. me take care of that. So after receiving his certifications, he decided to um, do what, you know, I, I say realize, but you know what I mean? Like achieve one of his goals, his professional ambitions. And he opened what's called an, an aesthetic center. I'll explain. This is a cosmetic center that offers clients non-surgical cosmetic treatments, such oh. as um, facials and, you know, stuff like that. So it's not like going into, like, Botox and facelifts and stuff like that. It's facials and waxings and all that jazz. You know, a couple of times I saw, big, I saw big signs that say facials $20. And I started thinking to myself, I've been giving them away for free. You're a dumbass. It's just I could have been making money off of this. You could have been. Could have God been. damn it. <laughs> Whatever. I love getting them. I like getting I bet a you facial do. in a salon. I'm, I'm clarifying learning, here. I'm learning way too much about you. No. I, yeah, thanks for that bit of information. You know, my friend who died in a car accident back in 2013, um, she was an esthetician, and she would do give me facials for free and do my waxings and, you know, my hair. Every, I got everything done for free because, I mean. Especially the facials, huh? Shut up, bitch. This is, this is, How does a woman give another woman a facial? Oh, it's, it's called clam dipping. You're a dick. I'm done. <laughs> that is just disgusting. We're talking about something else here. Okay, go ahead. So, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he opened this with the help of a business partner. Um, and it was called Tones Cabel Moda in, okay, it's spelled F-I-G-U-E-R-E-S. Figueres? Okay, thank you. Despite John wanting the business to succeed, his partner allegedly scammed him, so they were forced to close their doors. That's fucked up. See, that's why I don't take on any business partners. Yeah, any ones that are, like, monetarily involved. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. You know, I'd rather put up all the dough myself because that way there I can yeah, control. Then it's your, yeah, then it's your responsibility. And nobody can fuck me. Yeah, exactly. Nobody can, like, withdraw it and run. Exactly. And you. Yeah. Yeah. Safer that way. Yeah, totally. So then he went back to school, and I'm going to have to explain this one, too, to study queer... Curo massage, Q U I R O massage. Curo? It could be. I mean, it's kind of like it sounded more like it was Asian. You called it Quiro, though. You're homophobic. Quiro, I think, is how it's pronounced. Quiro? But it sounds almost more, I think, because when I read the Quiro? description, okay. it's like it sounded more Asian to me. Oh. And this is when. We give you fish a long time. Shut up. Okay, wrong, wrong. This area, is when okay. specific movements, um, you know, like the pounding on the back and the kneading and stuff are applied to the recipient using various rhythms. That's called the Heimlich maneuver. No, um, like that's they... not called the Heimlich. The Heimlich is when you, uh, you press push on up the, on the yeah. diaphragm. And practitioners learn of this type of massage, learn to manipulate the soft and joint tissues of the recipient's body in a progression of intensity. So it starts out kind of slow and in a different rhythm, and it progresses in intensity, probably to get to the Linda Hazard beating him saying, eliminate, right? That's actually what I was kind of <laughs> thinking. It starts yeah. out, oh, that's a nice massage. Why do you have a fucking broom handle in your yeah. hand? Jesus Christ, Why are you don't beating me, beat bitch? me. <laughs> so this technique is actually thought to improve many functions of the body, and a lot of people who receive these kind of massages often report better blood circulation, sleep patterns, with increased relaxation, relief of chronic pain, and some even say their pain is eliminated. 
And it offers to provide the recipient an improvement in their overall well-being, which I kind of want one of these. Oh, now. okay. Cool. I, I think I need to look it up and, you know, I need to try one. <laughs> and at some point he decided that this wasn't something he truly wanted to do. Uh, so he set out to take training courses in cooking, dressmaking, reflexology, and chiropractic medicine. What's reflexology? It's where they, uh, a lot of it is where they, uh, like, focus in on certain areas of the foot or your hand. Oh, okay. To, they believe that if touching certain areas, like here or whatever, is like supposed to, like, Cure a headache or help a headache or, you know, back pain or whatever. Touching certain parts of my anatomy cure that, too. um, You're like your nervous system is connected through those certain areas. Oh, I know where my nervous system's connected. In your dick. (laughs) Exactly. That's the only place it is. I have no feeling anywhere else. I'm housing it right down here in my under drawers. You're dumb. (laughs) So, um, but none of these actually seem to hold his interest. So, he decided to go get some work experience. Um... He would work in a textile factory, which specialized in plastics. And when this didn't work out, he tried other occupations. He worked at a ski resort, various restaurants in the high-traffic tourist area, and he even attempted to own his own restaurant called the Casino de Perlada. I think that's like P-E-R-A-L-A-D-A. I'm going to take your word for that one there. That one there just went totally over my head. Because, well, and I can't roll my R's, so that's why I sound dumb. Um, and none of these occupations filled that emptiness he felt inside because a lot of these, he tried to fill that emptiness. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, we know from personal experience, we filled it with drugs. (laughs) Now I fill it with music. That emptiness, you need to feel something. You need to fill it. Otherwise you go insane. Right. That's exactly why one of the main reasons why I do music is because, you know, and your cocaine. Yeah, well, yeah, and cocaine was wonderful. Oh my God. (laughs) See my drug, because I did meth, uh, numbed that feeling. You know, didn't yeah. make it as intense, and I filled it with other shit. Yeah, that's the only way I felt euphoria, man, was doing lines. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Joan was desperate to find his true place in the world, and he thought he found the perfect job, then he would no longer... He felt that if he had the perfect job, he would no longer have the insecure feelings that he'd felt the majority of his life, and that's when he decided he would get a nursing assistant certification. Um, so he was certified, he went to school, was certified to work as a nursing assistant, which is the American equivalent of a nurse's aide, like a CNA. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. And he was hired at a private nursing home in Banyoles called El Mirador de Banyoles. And he didn't even work there for a whole year. He left after approximately eight months, but... He was so well-liked by his co-workers. They described him as a truly attentive person who was highly affectionate with his patients. And after leaving there, he went and worked at a psychiatric center for a short time in Salt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that Actually, the administration at that first nursing home said that their, their doors were open to him anytime he wanted to come back. Nice. You know, that's the type of worker he was, which, you know, is... It's good. That says a lot about him, yeah. Yeah. So right now, I kind of like him, and I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, me too, actually. I'm sitting there going, yeah. why are we even featuring this, uh, yeah, th- this well, dude? Yeah, I'll tell you in a minute. Joan, you're pretty fucking rocking, dude. Yeah, you're, you're early adult, but I mean, shit ton of shit in that, you know? So listen to this. Oh, no, this is before he got his thing. Um, 
Through all of Joan's endeavors, his life would often be marked by a series of ups and downs. Over time, he became aware that his mental state was getting worse. And so he, this mental, you know, as it worsened, he suffered from severe panic attacks and his low self-esteem worsened. And he was known to be easily influenced by people he surrounded himself with. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. It's, it's like his insecurity made him feel like he had to do or, you know, participate in what they wanted. Otherwise, they wouldn't be friends with him. Right. Yeah. So. Sorry, my mouth is dry because my medication. So I had a. Not enough facials. Shut up. He knew there was something wrong with him. And so he began to search for help. Makes sense. We've yeah. seen that before. At Carol Cole is a good yeah. example of that. At least he's reaching out, right? <laughs> right. So he was 25 years old when he first sought psychological treatment. He consulted with a psychologist and told them about how he often felt very afraid whenever he was around a large group of people, which I do too to this day. He even talked to the psychologist about his difficulty retaining information he was reading, which sounds to me like ADHD. Exactly. And it was at this time the psychologist diagnosed him with obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. OCD, okay. yeah. Yeah. So he continued to see a psychologist for several years. But no matter how many times he saw his psychologist, his mental state didn't seem to improve. Every couple of months, he would go through his laundry list of anxieties and fears, and they would address them together, and it seemed to, like, increase. You know what I mean? More things were added to this list. And you know how when... I mean, because you and I do counseling with a therapist. Right, right, right. And it's like, you get to a point where it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just do it as a as-needed basis or once every couple months. Because you've addressed those things and you've learned the tools to deal with them. Right, and that's that's where I'm at now with Justin yeah. is that, you know, every couple of months I'll, I'll yeah, me give too. him a buzz and say, hey, just checking in with you. And then yeah. he'll ask me, you know, if everything's cool. And I say, yeah, everything's cool. Yeah, my counselor said, she goes, you know what, just if you need something, just give us a call and we'll schedule you right away. Otherwise... You know, you're doing good. Yeah, we couldn't come up with a good checklist for me. Like, seriously, for yeah. things to work on. Me neither. And you have to have three directives. You do goals for the year. Yeah. You know, yeah, to work on or the insurance just won't cover it. They're like, fucking, yeah. you don't have a problem. Get the fuck out of here. Which is yeah. true. We worked on a because lot of things. Because it's not there for you to uh, vent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. I'm not going anywhere. My, um, I got a cramp in my leg. Oh, no. I get those a lot. Um, so, potassium. Um, so. He, um, where was I? Oh, so, um, however, the thoughts and feelings he was having, they, none of them were going away. And there was something else that was bothering him. Something he hadn't yet shared with the psychologist. Um, he, it would be some time before Joan actually talked to the psychologist about the strong hand tremors. Cause they were getting worse. Like he would just like uncontrollably tremor. And this was plaguing him. However, that wasn't the only thing he was plagued by. He's also been experiencing issues with hyperhidrosis, which is increased perspiration, like uncontrollable perspiration. Um, So in the later stages of his therapy, he began to claim to be maniacal when it came to cleanliness and having feelings of guilt when he didn't maintain his compulsive diet. Cause he that's, a, that's just part of OCD. We can't yeah. even call that maniacal or anything like that. That's well, fucking that's OCD. Then. But that's back in the 70s. You okay, gotta well, that they were too. dipshits in the 70s then. We it's know just that. It's just part of OCD. Yeah, exactly. And he also um, had a... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
But he also like developed a diet that he like it was like a he could only eat certain things at certain times. You know how some people are. And so it's like Once again, when that's he OCD. Yeah, when he didn't do this, he would get, feel great feelings of guilt. So, however, the psychologist attributed the cause of the hyperhidrosis to his massive consumption of energy drinks and heavy smoking habits, which I can see. Hold on, they had energy drinks back in the seventies. I thought that. I, yeah, I think it was more of the uh, like caffeine. I might have to do this whole episode standing up, like for real, because this fucking hurts. I got a cramp oh, yeah. in my goddamn right leg, like up at the knee, and now I'm just standing here adjusting everything as we're talking. Uh, yeah, mine. Sometimes I get cramps, it like indents, and then you can see it pulsing. It's oh, it hurts. Yeah, I've been getting them over the last couple of days. Probably drinking too much coffee. Yeah, you need potassium. I got pills somewhere. I don't know what fuck yeah. they are. We got pills for everything. No. Yes, I do. I know drugs. So, um. Anyway, so he, you know, the energy drinks and the high, heavy smoking habits. I'm assuming it was more like coffee and shit like that. Okay, yeah. You know, caffeine. So Something what, with caffeine. So what they're getting at is stimulants. Yeah, basically. You know, you got caffeine, you got... Uh, yeah. The, God, there's a couple of other ones. Like I, some kind of like a guava berry or some bullshit. I don't know what fuck it is. But for different kind of berries that are, have stimulants. And... Yeah, there's the... Uh, you Uva something... Yeah, there's Yerba. Yerba. Yeah. And there's several other ones. Yeah, and now they have the, the other thing, too. I can't remember what it's called. Kombucha. That's Kombucha. Disgusting. I tried that once. because disgusting. I had friends, well, just like my friends, said, try this coconut water. It's awesome. And then I took one drink, and I'm all, um, I would rather lick a bovine's butthole. <laughs> yeah, I don't like coconut water either. Because don't like kombucha. You know, some stores, well, I, you can't buy it if you're under 21 because it does have a low alcohol content. Kombucha's gross anyway. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. It's can't. just fermented tea. I don't, I don't understand why people would even... It's to be trendy is what I think. Oh, we all drink the kombucha. Well, well fuck you. What if it's the probiotic and uh, prebiotic, you know? Yogurt. Yeah. Well, that's a probiotic, God. but then you need a prebiotic to feed the probiotic. And a lot of it, that's that's what it is. It's high yeast content. So they're and going like, feed me Seymour? Feed me all night much, long? Like the little shop much. of horrors? And that's why, I mean, you notice that um, a lot of like stomach issues and stuff, the... Koreans especially don't suffer from because kimchi is a natural probiotic. That makes sense. Yeah. Keep talking. I got to get my assistant to go find my potassium. Okay. Good idea. So anyways, he would then often mix his energy drinks with alcohol and anxiolytics, which are also known as anti-anxiety medications. Um, When he hadn't found a solution to his problems by the time he was 34 years old he decided to see a guy by the name name of dr joseph terrell it's the double l wardo (laughs) (laughs) wow double l wardo (laughs) because i can't do the double l sound lala huh lala it's like the ya you know how they have yeah yeah you know okay oh yeah okay that makes sense yarado or something like that but um, so this guy, this doctor specializes in diagnosing and treating a myriad of issues that are related to a person's mental health. And he focuses on uh, patients who suffer from anxiety disorders, character disorders, mental illness and neurotics. And he also treats individuals who experience psychosomatic 
manifestations, schizophrenic psychosis, and paranoid psychosis. You know, so it's like the people who are like hypochondriacs or, um, you know, just like hear voices or think that somebody's out to get them. Um, then Joe would go to the point, his appointments, actually all of his appointments, he went to with his mother and he's like 34 years old. What's wrong with that? Mommy, hold my hand. It made it sound like she was actually in the session with him. That is a whole different. That's weird. I, no, I've seen that porn. That's uh, that's what I'm getting at. It came no, up we, in my feed before. Oh, okay, but you're wrong, wrong your, subject. Yeah. You're in your adulthood. I, I mean, I can see your mom driving you there or riding with you because my mom rides with me to a lot of places. Um, but actually being in the session with him, that's kind of weird. I don't think it is only because maybe he was scared of the doctor and he found comfort Insecure with his mom. And, yeah, 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 he already has these insecurities. So, I mean, yeah, while on the surface it's weird. But then I sat, I would often sit on my mom's lap until I was 25 years old. I want your mom to sit in my lap. Shut up. Literally, there's times when yeah, I, literally, I, want her to. I would like, I'd crawl into her lap and she would hold me and it felt better. Now, now that I know that she would have had sex with me if I would have, got, have taken her to Trans-Siberian yeah. Orchestra, damn. Missed your opportunity, buddy. There's <sighs> always something. I know, dude. You might want to cancel your other date. Just <laughs> 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 Gotta get laid. <laughs> but so... Um, at each appointment, he talked to this doctor about his accumulating psychological issues and how they were an inconvenience on his life. He talked about how discouraged he was by the fact that he was 34 years old and hadn't yet had a romantic relationship with anybody. Well, because it's with his mom all the time. I was actually going to say the same thing. <laughs> if you're hanging out with mommy all the time, yeah. <laughs> fairly sure the girls aren't really digging that. Like, yeah. sure, we Charles can go on. Albright. <laughs> We can we can go on a date, no problem. Oh, your Let me mom's check my mom's schedule. <laughs> your your mom's gonna come with us. Fantastic, because <laughs> that's fucking romantic. Yeah, I, and in my head, this is what I see: it's a candlelit dinner, and you're across from the woman that you're kind of digging. You're, te amo mucho con todo mi corazón. I love you with all of my heart. It's very something very passionate and very loving because you want to get like, the love. <laughs> and then your mom's like, "Mijo, mijo, no, no, use the other fork." Pass the salsa. Can you can you pass the salsa and a little bit of salt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I see in my head. Yeah, me too. Me too. I totally see it. Or, or there's an episode of iCarly where she just is pouring parm on her food. But anyways, um and he also talked about his main focus during these sessions was the concern he had about the increasing tremors and his excessive sweating because that was that's a bothersome. I mean, I can see it hindering his personal and you know his uh, professional life. Oh, me too, man. If I'm with a chick and all she's doing is a bunch of sweating, then I'm like, um, we're gonna take yeah, a little passy Reno on that one yeah. there because she's a hog. Yeah, well, and I can understand if they explain it ahead of time, just say, hey, look, I suffer from this and blah blah blah. Otherwise, if it's like you're sitting across from him and sweats like pouring off, it's like, dude, <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with look, you? Look here, sugar tits, you got a fucking problem. <laughs> Are you on fire? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby, light my fire. Yeah. Um, so after his arrest, though, the authorities seized his personal computer, and while they were searching his hard drive, they discovered the files that contained his writings during the time he's getting therapy. And in these writings, he talked about his mental health issues and his passions. And that's when they discovered that while he was seeing this doctor, he became passionate about something else. It seemed he had a fondness that was... For his mommy. No, unprecedented no. for thanatoproxy. It's applying makeup to deceased individuals. 
Okay, the, uh, there's nothing a, wrong with it's that. It's a noble profession. Right, because morticians do it. do it all the fucking yeah, time. Yeah, they hire people to come in, professional right. beauticians okay. You present it. it like it was a bad thing no. there, and I'm looking at you like, what the fuck? But it's something that they hadn't really heard of back then. I mean, if if Joan was smart, he would have said, hey, I have a passion for this. Let's go and be a mortician, because then I could do this for a living. It's, it's win-win. Or partner with a mortician. Yeah. Because that's what people do now. Oh, there you go. But it's you it's know, win-win. You remember, this is in the 70s, and that wasn't common back then. Oh, that's right. We were in the middle of boogie fever, disco yeah, inferno, and like, wearing bell-bottoms, yeah, and we staying alive. That, we weren't into dead people. <laughs> Alice Cooper was. Making, you know, making them look presentable. Alice Cooper loved the dead um, before they're cold. Yeah. So he also became quite fascinated with death and paranormal phenomena, which is the occurrence or perception of events that have no scientific explanation. Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, the Bermuda Triangle or Area 51. Or where my goddamn socks go when I do the laundry. Dude, totally. That is a fucking... That is a mystery beyond mysteries. But Halloween Town explains it. They go to this one house there. (laughs) I pair my socks normally before I throw them in. So that way there I know, okay, I've got... You know, they, they all match and they come out and I get one sock that, that, that'll always yeah, look at me. one or two are missing, but the ones that are missing don't fit any other socks. Yeah. And my socks are just looking at me. Dude, I don't know what happened to Bob over here because we went in together and, <laughs> and we didn't come out. I, like I blinked and he was gone. <laughs> and you don't know if it's the washing machine eating them or the dryer. Yeah. Don't know either one. It's yeah. just, and neither it's one of them mystery. talking. Neither one of these motherfucking things are <laughs> yeah. telling me who's taking my goddamn socks. Yeah, it, it is a mystery that's been plaguing me my whole life. Getting pretty fucking tired of replacing yeah. goddamn socks. <laughs> so um, to feed this fascination, he began researching the topics in books that he acquired from one of his friends. So also after his arrest, um, he was court ordered to undergo psychiatric evaluation, which is normal. And the psychologist that evaluated him diagnosed him with depressive anxiety disorder with obsessive personality traits, which I'm seeing. Yeah. Totally seeing here. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, spot on. If his, if what we're reading is correct about his, you know, his history, that is spot on diagnosis. Um, so at the beginning of 2006, after he left the job in Banyoles and Salt, he got another job at a nurse as a nursing assistant at a nursing home next to the Fluvia River in Olot. It was called the Fundacio La Caritat. I actually look listened to that one. <laughs> I Caritat. thought you were going to say Fallacio. No, Fundacio, which is a foundation. Yeah. Uh, this job was closer to his hometown. Um, this this foundation, this nursing home opened their doors in 1914, and they have established themselves as a nonprofit organization with strong ties in Olat. And their main aim is to serve the poor citizens of the area. Um, The facility specializes in dependency care with a focus on personalized service, uh, which is more patient-led. They don't make people get up in the morning and get dressed and do things. It's like the patient decides whether they want to go do anything. Mm, I'm kind of 50-50 on that, on that method. I mean, I can understand encouraging them, but don't force them. Well, here's my thing. Here's my thing. And this is why. Hear me out. I some, will hear you out because I kind of agree with you on one level. Some people, you can say, hey, you know what? It's your life. You know, get up and do whatever you're going to do, you know, and come to therapy right, and right, we're all right. good. There's other people who thrive on structure. Right. My son's no different. My right. son thrives on structure. So if I give him a list of things to do... He'll knock it out of the park. 
Right. But if I expect him to think outside of the box. Right. If you just say, hey, clean the house, and you don't tell him exactly what you want him to clean. Yeah. Then it's, uh, you know, it's it's all for not because, and I'm starting to understand him a lot more now. Right. And, it, and this is how it relates to this and what we're talking about, is that I think that it all bombards him. It does. And, yes. yeah. and it's kind of like, I see what he's, okay, yeah. he said like, oh, let's just go clean the house, but... What exactly do I clean? Oh, yeah. do I, I've been is, there before. Is it the floors? No, no, no. Maybe I should start with dusting. No, no. Maybe it should be yeah. dusting his pet's collection. Maybe it should be this. And it, it can get very overwhelming. And right. I'm understanding or you that. Find something, I mean, like you're cleaning one area and you realize, oh, this needs to go in this other room. So you go in there and you realize how many. And then so it, it can be that part too. That could be, yeah. You very know, much so. Totally that. Because I go through that too. I mean, and I go through the whole, it's overwhelming. So I don't know where to start. Right. And that's kind of yeah. why I disagree with the, with, a blanket like hey no matter who you are kind of get up and do your own thing because some people just simply can't right that's true too i mean because i remember when i had my nervous breakdown where i like shut down for over a year um i began hoarding because that's the only thing i had control of in my life did you say hoarding or hoarding hoarding oh with the d gotcha. yeah because that's the only thing i had control of in my life i decided if i want to throw something away or keep it okay. you know what i mean and so I needed something that I had control of because I felt like I had no, no control over anything else. And so when it came time, when I was like getting therapy for it and my counselor said, okay, work on trying to, you know, take a little bit at a time out because you know what you want to keep and what you don't. And, but it got so overwhelming that I would look at it and just cry. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, so the residents who were, are admitted there have a dependency for reasons related to social, emotional, physical, psychological, or economic issues. Because to me, it's more like an assisted living is what it sounds like. Okay. You know what I mean? That you can pretty much care for yourself and everything. However, you need somebody there to monitor your medications or you know, can help you with your finances. Okay, that would make more sense yeah. to me. Because in my head, here's where it went, is that... You're dealing with people with dependency issues. Right. <clears throat> so a lot of times from what I've seen is a lot of, a lot, not all, but a lot of people who have dependency issues have a hard time with the structural part of it. So they right. need structure because when you first go in and you're trying to get clean, at least from my perspective, it is a nightmare right, well, trying to structure home, your life. So, yeah. This is a nursing home. But you said they specialize in poor people with dependency issues. Yeah, dependency as far as needing help related oh. to social, emotional, physical, not chemical dependency. I'm sorry, I missed that whole fucking no, thing. Because they need, you know, they were dependent on people to help them with social issues, like okay. taking them places. My or, bad, my bad. No, it's because I'm standing over I'm here. Looking at you like, what are you fucking? Because because I'm standing here? over here like in fuck, fucking just pain. Oh yeah, and I can't find potassium pills. Uh-oh. And you have no bananas. I have. Somebody, yes, we have no bananas. Somebody told me when I had my cramping to eat like a... Pork chop. No, some a little bit of mustard. Because there's something in the mustard that reacts to your... That helps calm your muscles. Uh, I took like fucking four naproxen and... Yeah, I don't think that's... They're an anti-inflammatory, so... Yeah. It's getting a little that's better. That's not... A, I think I have my muscle... Some muscle rocks. I don't know. Um, so anyways, um, let's try this again. Yeah. So these services that were provided by them also, they, they promoted autonomy. So it promoted, you know, self-care where they did what they could themselves and then they received the help as they needed it. 
And they uh, encourage this is all making way more sense to me yeah. now. Okay, <laughs> my so bad. They encourage the patients and facility residents to be independent. They actively provide them uh, the care to in their care the freedom to take care of themselves. And they have three specific areas. They had um, the day center where they could go in during the day, like a senior center type thing. Right. Where they could go in and during the day and they have activities and stuff. They have a home health practice where nurses and aides would go to their house and take care of them. Okay. Which a lot of people do that still. I was just that's very common today. Yeah. My mom's old company who she used to work for, they had a home health uh, department. And then they also had the assisted residence where Joan worked. Okay. So the assisted residence or nursing home facility type facility was run by a psychologist named Joan Sala at the time. And he would tell all prospective residents that the facility offers them a myriad of activities to occupy their time. And when he hired Joan, he didn't see any signs that would cause suspicions, which I'm not seeing him either right now. Except Me for neither. high anxiety, but it doesn't seem like he's acting out towards, you know, lashing out. But even with high anxiety, it doesn't mean that you're going to be a, an asshole. You know what I mean? It just means yeah. you have high anxiety. I mean, sometimes right. I have high anxiety. But even I, I have, I, it's a horrible thing to admit. I am terrified before I go on stage at every show. Oh, I believe it. Just fucking terrified. Oh, I mean, yeah. And there's no reason for it. I've done hundreds, if not thousands of shows. Yeah. Until... I get up there. And you strike that first chord, and huh? stri- Yeah, strike that first chord. Then after that, I'm in my zone. It's like the audience melts away and you're there. I don't know why. I've psychoanalyzed the fuck out of myself. But with that said, it doesn't mean like during a point of me being really anxious going, okay, it's go time, that I'm going to turn around and want to kill people. No, that's true, too. That's true, too. But I can see sometimes high anxiety, like, because I do it, too. When I get so stressed out or have all that anxiety that, Somebody will ask me a question. It's like, dude, I'm dealing with so much right now. Shut the fuck up. No. Oh, yeah. You no, know, that you I agree with. Adam. So I can see that. But, I mean, it wasn't sh- he wasn't showing any of these signs. Huh. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so, but he was also hired for, to work mainly on holidays and weekends. So this meant he worked on the days and hours when very few staff members were present. There you go. That's why yeah. a lot of things weren't getting noticed, I'm thinking. Yeah. Less witnesses. Yeah. Saying. So he worked at the facility for about three and a half years without any incidents, which this is the longest he's held a job to this point. I was just going to ask that. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. So then in August of 2009, in less than a week, the facility became hell for the residents. After the first hearse was called to help transport a deceased patient, more followed in a matter of months with increased regularity. Oh, no. Yeah. And... You're going to break my heart with this guy, man. Well, for the first eight victims, there were 11 total. For the first eight victims, Joan used two methods to murder his, his victims. Oh, here comes the bad part, He would man. alternate the methods, with, which included providing them with an oral cocktail of barbiturates and other medications mixed with a liquid. And injecting them with high doses of intravenous, of insulin intravenously, which you don't do. God damn. Which he reserved specifically for the patients who had diabetes. <laughs> Fuck, okay? man. So the, all these deaths occurred within months of each other. And the majority of Joan's victims were women 
And all of them were between the ages of 80 and 96. Several, Yet again, another person who's taking out of my dating pool. Well, you don't live in space. Oh, that hurt. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, my God. Was it your cooch? No, I had a like a cramp in my, you know, like a pain in my shoulder blade. So I kind of like oh, went shit. like this. And I forgot my shoulders. Like really It's contagious, good. man. I'm getting those too, because, except yeah, for my legs. No, yeah, well, it's not muscle. It's like every once in a while I get this like ache in the middle of my... Guy getting old sucks. It does suck. I mean, shit. When you creak and yeah, <laughs> snap, like crackle, like and pop. Furniture when you get up. Um. So several of his victims' relatives would report sometimes that the agonizing the death that their loved one suffered. Some of the victims even experienced bleeding from their mouth right before they passed away. Like that blood Holy would just come out of their mouth. Holy shit! Yeah. Um, however, for the first 10 patients who died at the hands of Joan, nobody was suspicious of foul play, which is like, okay, if they're bleeding from their mouth, <laughs> I, I'm dude, just I'm processing that right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, seriously, if somebody's yeah. bleeding from their mouth, you got to at least kind of take a look, you know, go, Hey, you know, yeah, like what the fuck is going on here? Why? Joan seems like a nice dude, but a lot of his patients are like bleeding from their mouth. Well, that's. It- that that's not natural. Well, even if they didn't associate it with you know foul play, they would. You'd think they would look into why is this patient bleeding from their mouth because that's not normal. No, you know <laughs> I see it with people who have like um, like trauma to their lungs and stuff, like blunt force trauma to their internal organs or gunshot wounds or whatever or knife wounds. But I don't see it in everyday patients. Yeah, or lung cancer. That'll do it. Yeah, that will too. You start coughing up blood or AIDS. I've seen that too. No, I haven't had AIDS. I've no, had lung but cancer. I've seen I've seen some of the victims who suffer from AIDS do that. So, however, um, like I said, nobody's suspicious after the first for the first ten deaths. It wouldn't wasn't until victim number eleven died, then the crime was discovered by chance, literally by accident. Oh, and great. I'll explain that in just a minute. Um. Uh, I'm going to give you a quote that he said before I get into uh, the end of his, towards the end of his killing spree. He used to say, too bad they always die on me. Kind of sounds like, what's his name? Um, okay. Oh gosh, little... The one we just did, uh, Colin Norris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sounds like him. They always die on my shift. Yeah. <laughs> what a well, coincidence. No shit, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, um, I wonder why. Huh? It's a fucking mystery, yeah. isn't it? So, um, from the time that the murders began in August of 2006 until the fall of 2010, Joan's colleagues would often hear him say, all the old women were dying on him. During this time, his co-workers noticed that he was quite attentive and highly efficient. Okay? He was known to put forth a great deal of effort when he talked to the victim's family members after they passed away, he took the time to explain the circumstances of each death, minus the murder part, <laughs> in a manner that seemed to put them at ease. And then I murder him. Have a yeah. nice day. But see, and I can see, it's like a compassion thing, because my mom would do that. If a resident died, she would often sit there and take time to comfort the family members. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's not, the patient's not just your, you know, not the person you have to take care of, but you also take care of family. When my dad was on hospice and passed away, they offered me counseling services for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, just to help deal with the death. 
you know, but I didn't take advantage of them because I had a great support system. Well, and then like six months later, I had a nervous breakdown, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Then in late September of 2010, he seemed to have a change of character. He started to be uncompromising and sometimes violent on occasions. And it was around this time that he started telling his colleagues that he was tired of the elderly patients. He began to show a desire to change jobs again. And after he murdered his eighth victim, a lady by the name, or maybe it was a guy, by the name of Joan Canal Julia, on September 19, 2010, he did something that was completely out of character. You can assume it was a woman because that was his kind of M.O. Yeah, that's true. Um, he did something that was out of character. He actually forced a coworker to go into this room to watch over the body. Yeah. So fucking confused at his actions right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like I'm not getting why this. It was like a character step, unless he's having a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I'm, I can, I'm just not understanding. Yeah, how his character changed that dress. Yeah. I mean, there's a, even in a, in a nervous breakdown situation, most people's personality does do change, but it's not like night and fucking day. Well, I went from a huge extrovert to a complete introvert. Huh. Like, I mean, I wouldn't talk to. It. Anybody except for very few people, and now my social circle is like a fraction of what it used to be. Oh, so you were shy like me, like I am right now. Well, I, yeah, I went because I used to be so outgoing. And it's like to me, it was like I would often say when I when we went and had like you know, like ladies' ministry parties, like Christmas parties and stuff, or you know, stuff like that. I would actually walk into the house and go, "Okay, we can begin now. I'm here." <laughs> you know what I mean? The party can start because I'm here. Um, but now I tell people, I said, you know what? I may not be the life of the party, but I will keep the party going. That works for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, let's see. Where was I? Oh, in the span of five days, five days from October 12th to October 17th, Joan committed his last three murders. He killed Sabina Masa. I don't know whatever, Isala, I can't pronounce the middle name, on October 12th, he killed Montserrat Gamet Bartolich on October 16th, and Paquita Herones y Quintana on October 17th. You did good with that one. I did, Quintana. That's because it's easy as fuck. There's no (laughs) R's and L's in it. With these three murders, he was exceptionally brutal. He would force each of these victims to drink sodium hydrochloride, which is better known as bleach. Bleach, yeah. Yeah. And if he didn't make them drink bleach, he would inject them with a highly corrosive substance. Um, They were equating it to like laundry soap, you know. There's our escalation, by the way. Yeah, because back then, you remember they had um, the powder detergent. Right. They didn't have liquid or pods. You know what I mean? Nobody was eating Tide Pods back then. Stupid fuckers. But it's just who who in their right mind says, Oh, I want to try what that tastes like. It's this this new generation that thinks that they're yeah, fucking and cinnamon everything. challenges. That is just dumb as fuck. But here we're seeing the escalation. Yeah. You know, it, it's and gone it's a from drastic escalation. And that's where I'm still confused because his escalation not only went to greater yeah. severity. Yeah, because barbiturates and other three and five days insulin to 
brutality over a five-day period. Yeah, three and five days. That's a lot. That's a that's, huge escalation right there. That's, it's like uh, this unor- one's con- disorganized. This one's confusing me. Yeah. Because... He went from organized to disorganized quickly. Like, it almost sounds like overnight. Yeah. And with the increase, the drastic increase in brutality and the lesser cooling off period... Right. It seems like it escalated extremely fast. Well, unless I'm missing something. There's something that he starts doing. I'll explain in a second here. But like I said, if he didn't make them do the bleach, he did. He would fill a syringe with the highly corrosive substance, put it in their mouth, and just shove it down their throat. Jesus Christ! So the methods Joan used to murder his last three patients would cause them excruciating pain. Yeah, thank And they were forced, the patients who were forced to drink bleach would suffer internal burns to their esophagus, the mucous membranes in their mouth and their nose, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's all connected back there in their ears. Yeah. And also their lungs, because they would aspirate it. Right. I, I kind of figured that just by drinking yeah. that, you're, Which yeah. is probably why they were spitting up blood. Spitting up blood. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. burning through your mucous membranes. Yeah, exactly. Right into the capillaries. Yeah. Totally. I mean, and you aspirate that shit because you're trying to cough it out, so you're inhaling it too, and right, which just, is a natural reaction of the is. body. That's... Totally natural. I mean, it's it's actually a common thing. Like when you're eating and you get, you know, how you kind of like it goes down your windpipe. Oh yeah, you can get aspiration pneumonia from that. No shit. Yeah, no shit. Uh, dang, I fucking inhaled sesame seed the other day, and it was a bitch. Well, I mean, a lot of times, especially if it's a liquid, you can, yeah, you can totally get. I've had aspiration pneumonia a couple times. I just I can't yeah. imagine aspirating because it goes in there and gets infected, and yeah, you're aspirating bleach, man. That means it's, That's it's like, in your lungs. So it's not like burning the shit out of. Not you. only is it your nose and your mouth and your stomach and your esophagus. Yeah, your lungs are burning. It means it hurts when you breathe. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's. God. Every time you take a breath, it just burns. You know, I, I set myself up for failure with this. And let me tell you why. Because you started feeling sorry for the guy? We're reading about him. I'm all, okay. I kind of feel, you know, I feel a little, I feel some sympathy for this guy. You know, some empathy. Poor guy. God damn, that sucks. And I knew that he was a killer or he wouldn't be on our fucking show. Correct. What but, I you know, didn't he could have know. been like the insulin guy that was like just giving people insulin. Okay. I yeah, get it. Yeah, <laughs> totally get it. No yeah. problem. And then you throw... Bleach at me. Uh, yeah, I throw corrosive and, and highly toxic chemicals. And at in me. my head, it's playing out, knowing the effects of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's playing out of how this went down because you know I got the TVs in my head too. And uh, god damn, now this dude's a fucking dick. Oh my what god, a it's fucking it's horrible. prick, man. Yeah, because when he was in trial, he actually confessed to the judge that during the five days he committed the last three murders. As well as the five days prior to that, he had been drinking like almost all day Coca-Cola mixed with wine. How fucking disgusting is that? Okay. That's Stop right there. Gross. Number one, Joan, your name isn't Dan. You're not. <laughs> but why would you mix wine with Coke? You are not Tammy's best friend's husband yeah. who is a pig. I can see mixing wine with like a lemon lime seltzer or a Sprite because that's, that's like a li- that's like a wine spritzer. That's a wine spritzer. But with Coca-Cola, that's just fucking disgusting. That is, I wonder if... Unless in Spain they call every soda Coke because I, they do that in Korea too. They used to do that in Korea. Want oh. a Coke? 
And then you go, what okay. kind? Okay. Uh, 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 I mean, I'm going to give him a pass on that one, well, I guess. Well, I'm just playing devil's advocate for a second. Right. I might be totally off He might base. be thinking, yeah, it's a wine spritzer. And that's fine. If you're drinking regular wine spritzers, okay. I'm going to give yeah. you a pass on that. But if you're actually mixing it with Coca-Cola, you disgusting fuck. You yeah. and Dan should be living together. Well, and that's just, yeah. And Box he, wine he drinking drink motherfuckers. Drink all day, even while he was at work. Yeah, Why all day long. This isn't fair. I want to bitch about something. You can't drink when you're working? No, yes. I cannot. You're a fucking truck driver, you moron. Even if I'm in a fucking studio. Yeah. They don't let me fucking drink. Well, uh, one of them does, the one that my band records at. Um, the one we went to when we first started? Yes. Okay. Over at Matt's place. When we had the budget? Yeah, because, you know, Matt, Matt will let me do whatever I want, which is awesome, because he's an awesome yeah. guy. But when I'm working for any other studio for some of the record labels, I've pulled out my bourbon flask before and you know what i hear over the speaker because it's a soundproof room put that away uh scott scott hey over here yeah what's up what's in the flask scott a little bit of jim beam that's gonna be a no that's gonna be a no tim 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 you need to go get that from mr well, and i think a lot of it is because you know a lot of drunk people get you know fall down and like bump into shit and can damage property uh, no shit, man. I drink all the fucking time. I'm not falling down and breaking property. Yeah, but some people are. Fucking and they can't, they, so there has to be a blanket regulation. Just, they can't just, you I'm know, just saying give that a pass. when I'm creating music and recording, like I like a little drinky poo because I'm alcohol fueled. You guys won't. Li- I like a little drinky poo and to stop taking my medi poos. <laughs> and, you know, you motherfuckers won't let me do lines of blow while I'm in there and I don't well, do drugs anymore. You, but, you know, you know, you chose to quit. Which is no, I bet. Commendable. I bet you. I bet you. If I pulled out a bag of cocaine, they'd be like, "Uh oh, Scott fell off the wagon." Tim, yeah. Tim, Tim, you need to get that from him too. Yeah, okay. That would be something you'd like go to the bathroom and do on the, you know, on the back of the toilet. <laughs> me, I always carried a little mirror with me and everything. Oh yeah, right? I used to too. I like, used to yeah, too. right on my lap. But yeah. Anyways, um, he then proceeded to tell the court that after he killed his ninth victim, uh. Sabina, he simply went home, sat down, watched television as if it were another a normal work day. Like nothing happened. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. He was even Sally invited there. to attend her funeral and the vigil that was held in dedication of her memory. And he did. He went to him. Oh, you know Kinda what? Kind of like fucking Tucker. I was just going to mention him, except that the difference being is that, yeah, he went there, but he wasn't. Yeah, going to the and killing raping and, and yeah. killing and, and well okay you know what it's just as bad though if he's feeding them this caustic fucking yeah, she, formula she was fed caustic formulas and you're still sh- you know what you know what joan you're just as much of a piece of shit as fucking tucker is yeah right now hell yeah, yeah. you know I'm, I'm gonna take back my good thoughts about you thinking no yeah uh, tucker did that but but this guy did no no you know what you're you're garbage too yeah so when he killed uh, his 11th victim, Paquita Jerones Quintana, the last victim. Yay. Um, this would be his undoing. She was an 85-year-old widow who didn't have any children. And when she moved into the facility a few years before she was murdered, the staff said that she was known to be a quite happy individual because she was surrounded by good people that she could spend time with. No, no. You want to know why she was happy? She didn't have any fucking kids. That's why. <laughs> Boys and girls out there who don't have kids. I always say, don't ever have any parents. <laughs> Take a lesson from this older lady who passed away in her 80s. Don't have children. You notice that she was happy because she was surrounded by good people? You want to know why? Her little fucking crotch goblins. <laughs> her crotch fruit, which is a new one that I learned today, was crotch fruit. We're, we're, we're bugging him. 
another musician, oh. uh, 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 Alexi uh, Rawls. Oh, okay. Yeah, Alexi Rawls from uh, he from he, that band that performed in before you this last time. No, no. Oh, okay. Um, he his former band, uh, which was uh, Trial by Fire, they opened for us uh, a few years ago. Amazing guy, great guitar okay, player. Gotcha. Is um, he the one that you were telling me about who's kind of Russian? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Now I know. Um, and he had posted something, and he called his kids. Uh, he, it was Daughter's Appreciation Day or some shit. Sam, but she loves his daughter. You're my favorite crotch fruit. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So now I'm using that every day, every fucking day from now on, yeah. crotch fruit. There's a, coming up is uh, National Podcast Day. I think it's on the 30th. I was going to tell you about that. Spread the fucking word, guys. I Jesus know, dude. Christ, Listen man. to us, damn it. <laughs> So, um, this one would be his, uh, like I said, she was happy. Um, however, when he started working there, she immediately, like almost as soon as he walked through the door and they met each other, she developed a hostile attitude towards him, which is unlike her at all. See, if you don't have kids, when you get older, no crotch fruit, you get that sixth sense about you. Like an animal, like a dog. Yeah, exactly. Dog knows if you're a good person as soon as you walk in the door. Exactly why nobody should be having fucking little crotch fruit. You're so stupid. Sorry, I just don't like children. Because they don't fucking distract you. you they don't distract you. You have a happy life. You, you know, you can chill out. You know, it, okay. And like when you get elderly, you know, you can get up and go to the store. You can go out and get a blowjob. doesn't matter. You don't have your kids sitting there going, okay, dad, you need to sit here. Oh, no, you can't go outside and do that. No. You're like, hey, I'm free, white, and over 21. I'm gone. I'm going to go down the street. all the time. You know, and I'm going to do whatever the hell I'm going to do. No kids yeah. to bother you. Wonderful. Seriously. This woman's a genius. I mean, I can see that. I can see that totally. Um, however, more than a month before he killed her, Paquita tried to report him for abuse. When she made her complaint, she referred to him as a bastard as she told the administration and her niece that he had slapped her in the face. You want to ask why she called him that? Because he not, was. And, and, and not just saying, he is a mean man. She doesn't give a fuck. That's why. That's no right. goddamn kids. Right. She's old. She's happy yeah. most of the time. She's he a bastard, senor. Yeah, and I didn't reference the Spanish term for that, but yeah. She <laughs> called him a freaking bastard. Um, however, nobody believed her accusations because she suffered from episodes of dementia. So they okay. thought, you know, which Legit. I could see, but you know, at the Legit. same time, look into it just in case. I would, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, um, okay, we don't believe her, but let's keep an eye on old Joan here because we might actually be an asshole. Well, and I, re- I can relate it to not too long ago, my son and I got into a like screaming match. Um, and we can both get kind of loud. And um, our neighbors called the cops because they thought we were killing each other. Oh, yeah, he told me about that one. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like the cops came and I'm like, it was no big deal. We were done like 30 minutes before he even showed up. You know, because sometimes <laughs> we fucking yell at each other. He goes, yeah, but if we didn't show up and somebody was actually hurt, we would be liable. It's error on the side of caution. Yeah. and so they actually went into the house too to make sure there's nobody else in there and they talked to mom and separated us all to so, question us all. A little weird thing about this, and I, I actually saw this in Anger Management um, in my domestic violence classes that I had to take. Okay. It was a movie that was in, with John Ritter and it's a true life story. Burning Beth? No. No. <laughs> um, about an abusive guy who would beat the shit out of his wife and his kids and all that kind of stuff. Long story short, got counseling, got into a good program and now he leads that counseling group, I think in Utah or some shit or okay. Colorado. But um, at the time, 
the police, most states were not mandatory reporting states. Right. All of them actually were not. And yeah. now the majority of the states are mandatory investigation states, which means right. if they get called out for a domestic violence complaint and they can prove at all that anybody is even in the slightest bit of danger, right. one of you motherfuckers is going to jail. Right. And in Oregon, I don't know if it's in every state uh, now because a lot of wives and shit wouldn't testify against their abusive husbands. They have what's called a crime against an individual is a crime against the state. Yes. You know, and also in reference to that, um, if you work in any sort of like education or um, like counseling services, medical or whatever, you are mandatory reporters. So yes. if somebody says or indicates that they have been abused in any way, you are to report that immediately. Right, because if not, you take on liability. investigate it yourself and see if it's true. Right. You know, because you're liable if you know about it. And while it does suck for something, like in my class, there was one guy who got taken off to jail and he was acquitted of his charges because his wife okay. was tearing apart his truck and he literally just tried to stop her right. from tearing apart the interior of his truck. Cops get called, he goes to jail, and yeah. the, the charges were all dropped, which was oh, fine. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, which was good, but it's a domestic violence situation, and even though she was the antagonist, totally. um, he went to jail because yeah. that's just the way yeah. that it is, and they sort it out later, which on the surface, I feel bad for guys like that, but to be honest, I would rather have it that way yeah, than, than to have them, yeah. Than have somebody get killed over something stupid. Yeah, exactly. You know, because most fights are stupid. It's over something just right. totally. It starts off usually as something small. Like, Very, because it's like you get into a fight about something. You were an hour late coming home. Yeah. You were at the bar with your friends. And in a guy's mind, most of the time, at least in mine, he'd be like, fuck you. You knew I was at the bar. I'm like drinking with my friends. And then it, it, it expands and yeah. something stupid. Totally. So, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather err on the side of caution. So, well, and I, I mean, because we talked about the fact that I was in jail for a while, you know, for making some bad choices. And one of the facilities I was at was a co-ed facility. And one of the guys there who I became friends with, he was actually charged with a kidnap too and was in jail for it because his girlfriend was drinking and she was on a balcony and getting really close to the edge and he thought she was going to fall. So he said, come on, let's go inside. And she was like, no, I don't want to. So he took her inside and he got charged with kidnapping because he moved her more than a certain distance. Yeah. You see, that right there is stupid. I mean, he here, was doing it for her safety. While I did say what I said, Here's the problem I find in the U.S., and I've said it a million times. Either we do nothing about a problem. Or we overreact. Or we go so far over the top mm-hmm. that it just becomes redundant and fucking ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, because now he has a criminal record as a kidnapping, which is a class, I think kidnap one is a class B felony. Mm-hmm. I mean, class kidnap two is a class B felony because kidnap one is a class one. And so it'll be... He has to do that, and so therefore, it will hinder him from getting jobs anywhere children are. Yeah. Even though it wasn't against a child. So. Oh, dude, you sound like my uncle. Uh, excuse me, boys and girls. My sinuses are jacked up. <laughs> it's all good. I've done two sinus rinses today. They keep dripping down into my lungs. <laughs> it's, it's just, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm pretty right, miserable. Right. Cramps and freaking sinus leakage. I'm getting old. I tell you what. I am gonna, from now on just going to wear a wife beater and shorts with my nuts hanging out and stand outside and go, get off my lawn, get kids. With the pockets hanging down and your nutsack hanging out. Right. And I'm just going to yell at kids <laughs> randomly. You're like, you're like old saggy nutsack. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
Dude, ain't nothing worse than seeing an old man's penis. I've seen it many times when my mom worked in a nursing uh, home. Damn kids, quit riding your bicycles. Yeah. You this know. one guy asked me for it. He goes, can you help me? And I was like, sure, because I thought he needed to grab something because he was in bed. And I walked in and he was, had a hold of his penis. He wanted me to help him with that. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> but that was part of the service. But not okay. happening. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm not minor. Not happening. So on October 17th, the day he killed I think he killed her on that day. Let me double check. Um, yeah. He, um, at one point, put her in a wheelchair and took her to a location that didn't have any surveillance cameras. Well, that least she's smart. Yeah. And a short time later, when another staff member checked on her in her room, they noticed that she had, like, bruises on her face and her chest. Um, so it's like he, like, physically abused her. Holy shit. Yeah, like... Put her in a wheelchair, took her, and beat her up. Probably forcefully put her in the wheelchair if she doesn't like right. him. And she's like, hey, man, this guy's a pendejo. I'm not going the fuck with you at all. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. I don't want to go with him. And he's like, get in the wheelchair, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my money? Exactly. So later that evening, he claims that he had been drinking his Coke with wine all day when he heard that she was in her room coughing. And so he went to go look in on her. And when he noticed that she seemed to be confused and having difficulty breathing... <laughs> Which means, I mean, I can associate that with, you know, maybe she, you know, aspirated some, liquid, you know, water. You know, or know what I associate that with? Difficulty breathing? Fucking drinking goddamn bleach. Well, he hadn't given it to her yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so he says. So we don't know. when he saw her confused and having difficulty breathing, he chose to kill her. He went to the utility closet where he filled a syringe with laundry detergent. He then returned to her room and injected it into her mouth, forcing her to swallow it. Now, she immediately began to go into convulsions and tried to spit out the liquid. You would think, yeah. Yeah. So, he called, he went and called emergency personnel because she was convulsing and to take her to the emergency room, but it was too late. He even told the paramedics, you don't have to do anything. She's dying. <laughs> yeah. What a pompous asshole. Exactly. That's no what longer like this guy. This so, guy while fucking... she was in the hospital, she died from her injuries. The acid descaler that he, uh, from the laundry detergent that he injected into her mouth with a syringe caused her to die an agonizing death. She suffered burns in her mouth, her esophagus, and her respiratory tract. However, she would have the last word in her contentious relationship with the bastard. It was by her death that she would unconsciously alert the authorities to his actions. Okay? Did because she go like... Ooh, this is the ghost of no. patient's past. Because when she died, they did an autopsy. Good. They decided to do an autopsy. So the forensic doctor who performed her autopsy at Olat Hospital refused to classify her death as a natural one, and he promptly notified the authorities and reported his suspicions. When the investigators went to the nursing home to question the employees, they didn't have to wait long to find their suspect. As soon as they began to interrogate him, and I'll get into how the timeline for that, he confessed everything. He admitted that he was, in fact, a serial killer. I'm going to keep my mouth shut because we're already at a, over an hour. I know. We're, I'm almost done. I'm literally almost done. So during their investigation, they quickly the authorities quickly determined that she wasn't able to drink the logic detergent herself. So knowing this, they figured they were dealing with a homicide. Right. So after arriving at the facility, they reviewed the surveillance cameras, right? The surveillance tapes. And they show, the tape showed a nurse entering the supply closet cl and closing the door behind them and then coming out a short time later. So when they questioned the staff members, they learned that this nurse 
in question was Joe. They decided it was time to question him themselves, and when they brought him in, he immediately told them that he had committed two murders. That's when they arrested him and charged him with those murders. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, it was later determined that the 11 patients were murdered with bleach or other cleaning products and medications. And in addition to that, oh, it says in addition to the high chemicals, some were given high doses of insulin or barbiturates. One thing's for certain, and that's that none of the patients would die a pleasant, peaceful death. Well, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. So one patient's relative stated, my mother would not stop bleeding. She was bleeding from her mouth and her tongue was swollen. And the vicu- there was a victim who occupied room 308 he died, who died from a high dose of insulin. Yet another patient was killed when Joan was alone with him and gave him a deadly cocktail. The cocktail didn't cause any reaction until later that afternoon after he had gone home. Well, at least he was smart about that one. Yeah. So the prosecutors later make the assertion that he took full advantage of the trust that the administration and patients had for him and the very staff and residents who had grown quite fond of him since he began working there. Many of them admitted that they had nothing but the utmost confidence in him, even <laughs> after he was arrested. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. So within a... Okay. Oh, a few days after his arrest, he was in the courtroom when he confessed to... Three, killing three patients. So the deaths he claimed to be responsible for uh, were the last three. He told the courts that by killing them, he felt as if he were God. He stated that their suffering after they were forced to ingest the cleaning fluids were a mere grain of sand compared to the fullness of the fullness of his death. I didn't understand that part, but whatever. He, it's like maybe he meant something. So it was this statement that prompted them to order a temporary detainment and uh, immediately ordered a psych eval. I can't even understand what he was talking about. The, uh, it, it filled that void. Yeah. Because he was dying inside. Yeah. Yeah, I can see so that. So I, I I, I, it took me a second to turn that around and figure it out. But Now I'm, that you say it, it makes sense. I'm hip to the scene. I'm, I hear you chirping, you, Big you, Bird. You're, you're, you're picking up what I'm laying down? Picking up what you're laying down. Boogie on, right. man. Boogie on. So he also tried to offer his motivations behind the murders. Uh, motivations that were negated by the very nature of the weapons he chose. He claims that he murdered his patients so they would not suffer. He said that he noticed that the patients that were being admitted month after month suffered from one ailment or another. Uh, bullshit. Yeah. I got to call straight he up bullshit. He didn't like seeing how much they were suffering, how they were forced to live a life what? dependent on others. So he considered himself to be their liberator. That by murdering him, he was taking their pain away forever. And when he made these claims, the prosecution quickly shot it full of holes. Yeah, it's, it's con- it yeah. contradicts what he said originally. Yeah, they pointed out that his actions alone disproved his claims of enduring, of ending their suffering from pain and discomfort. The very method he used to murder them, in fact, caused them severe discomfort and horrific pain. They also pointed out that after each murder. Others often heard him make comments like, look at them, how beautiful they are dead. Yeah. Uh, th- th- yeah. What a... Yeah. The very nature of his guy. actions negated his, you know... His and plus saying supposed- how it fo- yeah. kind of fulfilled him, mm-hmm. seeing that they died, plus the pain and suffering. Your patients are spitting blood out of their lungs in their mouth, you fuckhead. And they're burning internally. And they're burning internally, and you're saying you want to put them down, yeah. that, keep them from suffering? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you right in the ear. Yeah. 
He's so, a sugar tit too. Exactly. So on December 1st of 2010, um, it was approximately one month after the courts remanded him to this, this center um, that he asked to go before the judge again. It was during this appearance that he confessed to the murder of all 11 patients while he was employed at this facility. Okay, at least he manned up. Yeah. I'm going to give you that one, Joan yeah. Joan. Yeah, manned up. I respect that part. That yeah. part, though. Well, and then his attorney tries to reiterate that the justification was to state that state Joan had merely euthanized his patients to prevent further suffering. That's his attorney speaking. You know I'm what? Thinking, Fuck you know his what, attorney. Dumbass. You already figured out that, you know, that the prosecution shot holes in your fucking client right. statements. Why would you reiterate it? Joan Dillamo or whatever the fuck he, his De attorney. Delome. Your attorney, you can give him a message from me. Fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking just quit the bar. <laughs> um, fucking morons. So the, bu- the, tr- the judge wasn't buying any claims of his client's justification regarding the murders. He quickly ordered exhumations of the, of the patients who had been cre- uh, of the patients who hadn't been cremated, and they were able to determine there was a total of 56 deaths at this facility since he had started working. Of the 56, 27, or 48.2% of them, died while he was working on his shift. Yeah. Damn, he's got some numbers. Yeah, dude. Well, they couldn't prove he did them all, but those were on his shift. Okay, well... Uh, and some of them could have been natural. I was going to say, it's reasonable to assume, though, that people are going to die on his shift from yeah. natural causes. Yeah, I would say maybe 15% tops. Okay, I'll give him the 15 yeah, I'll give him the 15. Tops. Just just to kind of play devil's advocate, as you're yeah. saying. Yeah, but uh, this guy, his well, attorney just disgusts me, right. too. Right, and considering it was Fucking an disgusted. assisted living as, as opposed to a long-term care where they're older and less dependent and high, you know, more medical issues, um, 15 is pushing the tops. Totally pushing just it. Just disgusted that this yeah. guy is fucking attorney. So the results of this analysis done on the bodies that were exhumed, however, delivered they were delivered to the court on February of 2011, and they were conducted by the National Institute of Toxicology as well as the Institute of Forensic Medicine in Catalonia. And that's because the judge ordered them to be tested by two different institutions to... Um, to validate results, you know, because if you have two separate independent institutions right. and you're getting like either varying results or the same results, you, you know what I'm saying? You make a better determination exactly. that way because if two different people that don't know each other are saying the exact same thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can pretty well say, They're you know what? Exactly. This is the shit right yeah, here. This exactly. is the truth. Exactly. So, however, these results were of no use to the prosecution because of the tests performed... By either institution, um, they couldn't confirm anything. There was no way for them to determine if the victim had ingested barbiturates or form of poison at all because these were the victims that he gave medication to to kill. Gotcha. As opposed to the toxic chemicals. Gotcha, gotcha. And the reason for this was due to their high level of decomp. That makes yeah. sense, yeah. So this, thus authorities weren't able to cross qualify or disqualified them as victims so they couldn't charge him with the murders um he was arrested on october 18th and he was never granted bail so he has remained incarcerated until he went to trial during the time he was waiting to be tried for the murders he would be examined by specialists in the field of psychology during these examinations however he was given a barrage of psychological tests you know i mean we've Uh talked about him before um to determine his state of mind before during and after he committed his crimes 
And this, all of the specialists agreed, even the ones that were hired by the defense, he showed no signs alluding to him having any regrets regarding his actions. They also said that he did not have any personality disorders and he did not have any altered cognitive abilities, nor did he act against his own will. However, he did present a dependent, avoidant, depressive, and schizoid style. In other words, he tries to play the game. Yeah. He presented the style, but not the, you know what I mean? Exactly. Not he, the actual he, disorder. He tried to, dis- the, to, to hermolka them. He, yeah, he tried and- to hermolka them with a... With the fucking um, diminished capacity. Delamo, let me give you a little tippy-poo here. Yeah, write Hamolka, see how she did it. <laughs> exactly. Hamolka played the game, and she did exceptionally well. You, yeah. you tried to play the game, and you yeah. failed miserably just like yeah. your piece of shit you fucking attorney. You acted that way, but you didn't answer that way. Yeah. yeah. You, totally. You're not even in the same ballpark at playing the game yeah. like Hamolka is. Dude, not even in the she ballpark. She is like the master that everybody should fucking call and say, how'd you do it? No, a- exactly, exactly. How'd you answer the questions? Because I need to go. I need to know. <laughs> I'm a reasonably intelligent person. I don't think I could have ever played the game no. as well as she did. No, no. You know, I don't I, think. So. I don't think I could either. Even though I noticed patterns, a lot of patterns. Yeah. I don't think I'd pick up on it because you don't think about it when you're reading a question. Yeah. You think of the answer immediately. So his trial began on May 27th of 2013 at the courts in Hirona. Idona. Um, at the beginning of the trial, he again confessed to his desire not to hurt the elderly patients that he killed. He simply wanted to ease their suffering. He just keeps reiterating that. Because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He already, dude, you already outed yourself. You already yeah. told exactly what you were all about. Now you're going to go back on that. And with the evidence against you, dumbass. Yeah. So at the time, he was being charged with the 11 counts of murder. Due to the severity of his actions committing the last three, those last three were classified as aggravated in nature. If convicted on all of them, he faced a possible, possible sentence of 200 years in prison. Okay? However, there's other things you'll learn in a minute. Um, the prosecution would assert that Joan was ruthless killer who took advantage of situations. He took full advantage of the lack of staff members And he took advantage of the weakened state of his victims, that he purposely chose the individuals that were not able to defend themselves. Joan Joan made damn sure there wouldn't be any hindrance to his ability to freely murder each of his victims. His trial lasted for two weeks, and during which more than 120 witnesses and experts were put on the stand to testify. And the psychiatric expert that testified... And he, he was the coordinator of the Psychiatric Hospitalization Unit in Catalonia, gave a riveting testimony. He stated clearly that despite Joan's ability to be kind to people around him, it was his introverted loneliness that made him progressively more dangerous over time. That despite all of the mental health treatment he had received over the last few years, all of the psychiatrists that evaluated him all said the same thing. He was not a psychopath. He did not form any personality split, and he was well aware of how grave his actions were. For these reasons, there was nothing to indicate any mitigating factors when it came to sentencing. So therefore, he could not be found guilty, uh, not guilty by insanity. Right. Yeah. So June 21st, nine jury members, because that's all they have over there, consisting of five men, four women, returned a guilty verdict. 
They found him guilty of all the murders he was charged with. In addition to the guilty verdict, the jury was allowed to give their sentence recommendation. And they recommend what they recommended was nothing to sneeze at. They determined that Joan used a weapon of an aggravated nature to commit the last three murders. And they also determined they acted with malice, aforethought, or premeditation when he killed his first eight victims. For these two reasons, they recommended a sentence of 127 and a half years. Okay? They mustn't have the death penalty over there No, I don't think so. You know what, Europe? You guys are turning into a bunch of pussies. Yeah, dude. And I know, I know that we have a European market, but yeah. I'm all for the death penalty. What the fuck are you going to do with this hunk of shit? Let him sit on death row for fucking ever? Or not death row, but just in like, prison? Well, you'll learn something else in a minute. Fuck. So Kill him off. with the charges against him, he was facing the possibility of actually receiving 194 years in prison. However, the judge did take in, because the judge could have like negated the jury's recommendation. So however, he took into account that Joan confessed to his crimes, so he imposed a sentence of the 127 and a half years and issued an order prohibiting him from contacting any of the relatives of his victims for a minimum of 10 years. So he couldn't reach out to them to apologize. Uh, However, don't celebrate the win for the prosecution yet. Even though the courts imposed a 127.5-year <laughs> sentence, he won't serve more than 31% of that. Spain's criminal laws state that a person found guilty in a court of law can only serve a maximum of 40 years. Ridiculous. So Joan will serve his 40 years in, you know, in a penitentiary. Then why even give him that fucking sentence? Like, for real. I that think makes it's because, no fucking sense. I, well, I think it's like this. Because if anything else happens, like he, like, assaults somebody or anything, he has a sentence already so they know he's a violent person so they can sentence him to more time. I think. That's the reasoning behind it. Okay, so he goes and he fucking victimizes more old people and kills them off, you know, and he, uh, uh, the only thing that's going to happen to him is he's going to go back to the fucking prison for up to another 40 fucking years. But it would be like another 40 added on to the 40 because it's 40 per, per crime. No, and I dig that. Okay. I'm fine with that. But that's the worst that's going to happen to him. He's going to get out in 40 fucking years and there's still a chance that he's going to be in that same mental state where he can go and fucking kill off more people. And how is he going to do it this time? He's not going to be doing it in a, in a medical situation. Maybe right. he's going to find a different way to do it. Right. That's my issue with it. What did I do with Thankfully, that? he'll be old as shit. So. Yeah, because he was like 30-some years old, so 40 or 70-some by the time he gets out. Well, hopefully he's not poisoning yeah, he's, kids' candy and shit. Well, as long as he's not fucking... Is, Good time. I don't know if they do good time over there. So, um, where was... Oh, after the judge issued Joan's sentence, the killer stood to give his statement to the court, and during his statement, he stated he was sorry for what he'd done. He claimed that the time he was employed there, it had never been a job to him. No, it had become the best stage he'd had during his life. Yeah, because he was in charge of killing people. Jesus he finished Christ. his statements by apologizing to his victims' families that he, his wish was never... To go to those extremes. Bullshit. Yeah. Approximately one year later, his sentence was confirmed by Spain's Supreme Court, and they stated that as per the Spanish sentencing regulations, he would spend no more than 40 years for murdering 11 patients. Now, the penalties and the economic terms. This, you're going to love. In addition to the prison sentence, the court ordered him... Also ordered monetary compensation, he was fined for committing the murders. And the total <coughs> amount imposed on him was 369,000 euros, which is equivalent to 
$1,474. In American. Yeah. He was, this was the amount he had to pay for the public liability that related to his murders. However, the judge did not stop there, Scott. Good. Yeah. The judge on this case did something we have wanted the judges to do in similar cases cases we have featured he didn't just issue monetary sanctions against joan for committing the murders according to the criminal code of spain any judicial person or organization that owns an establishment where an employee commits a crime is also liable thank god okay lawsuit yes so in accordance with this criminal code the judge sanctioned this facility between six thousand and thirty nine thousand euros per victim's Family member dependent on the relationship the family member had with the victim. Good. Like, like Good. daughter, husband, you know what I mean? However, I mean, the facility themselves didn't pay for it. Their insurance group did, which well, that's that, what they're That's for. why every business exactly. has fucking like insurance, honestly. Yeah. Your rates go up, but yeah. at least they pay it off. Yeah. So his defense team went to the high court to try to appeal. Um, they claimed that he was sentenced. In their appeal, they alleged that Joan was sentenced to prison with only the only evidence was his confession. And they further claimed that at the time of his trial, the autopsy had not been fully concluded. The and first autopsy, even the, one body. Yeah, the there's one fucking, fucking person. There's fucking laundry yeah. detergent in her esophagus and her stomach. Where, where the fuck does this guy get off? Yeah. Saying, well, you know, we just feel so bad for yeah, because he was saying blah, that blah, not blah, all blah. 11 autopsies were done. So they were just going by his confession. I don't believe that. No. I believe they were going by her autopsy. Yeah, exactly. Which because is that should. was converted. Yeah. You know, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, guess what? It's a fucking yeah. duck. He confessed to it, told them yeah. how he did it, and hey, the autopsy backs that up. So yeah, you that one autopsy for, backed it up. You have proof for the confession. And his attorney, well, you know, yeah. the autopsies weren't done. Fuck his defense team. Yeah. Fuck They them. actually, this is what they asserted. They asserted but that those actions by the court was a violation of his presumption of innocence. Dude, you have one autopsy proving he killed somebody. Proving exactly what and he video confessed to. And everything. What yeah. the fuck more do these assholes want? I'm glad the judge did that to the hospital, though. Me too. Like, seriously, we... Me too. All we, of... Everybody should do that. They, everybody they should, should be sanctioned like there that. There has to be a level of accountability Especially no matter what you do. these facilities that we've noticed that notice there's a problem... Oh, yes. ...and don't fucking report it. They just fire them and give them a good recommendation to go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, they... Yeah. I think that they need to be like the fucking administration should I, be arrested for murder too. I was gonna say I think that should come with a felony charge. Yeah, me too. Uh, if you if if you're in that position, and you see what shit's something. going on. Yeah, yeah. You're you're just as guilty as you the person are. killing somebody. Yeah. So the high court denied the attorney's request on appeal to for the appeal on February twenty third, two thousand fourteen. So after the denial, Jones' attorney forwarded it to the Supreme Court, and that was rejected again on October 10th. Good. Okay? So no more appeals. He's going to stay in prison for 40 years. So my final thoughts. As I was researching the case, I went through a wide range of emotions. We went through them here. Yeah. I started off feeling bad for him. I don't feel anybody should suffer from anxiety, low self-esteem, or issues related to how they feel in their own skin. If he truly felt gender dysphoria at a young age, as well as insecurities due to his physical appearance and sexual orientation, then I can't help but empathize with him. Okay? 
Um, however, whether his psychological issues were due to these thoughts and feelings or not, they don't excuse his actions. There were hundreds, if not thousands of people in this world that have similar thoughts and feelings. Exactly. And they aren't killing people. Yeah. Let alone killing people in a horrific manner that is akin to a form of torture. See, and I, I even under, kind of understand the killing, okay? Okay. To a level, because we've it's gone through... catharsis. Like, we talked about it with Kearney. Yeah, with, with Kearney, you know, I kind of, I, I can understand. I don't, I don't agree with it. No. But I understand it. Yeah. But when you're killing, and I've talked about this so many goddamn times, some of the most vulnerable people in your yeah. community, which is children or old people, both are super freaking vulnerable, and you're not just killing them, you're doing it in this horrific, horrific yeah. manner to cause essentially the maximum amount of pain and suffering yeah. for the last moments of their life. Because it's not, you guys got to think outside just the pain and suffering. Got to think about the, the confusion, fear. your confusion, the fear, mm-hmm. the panic, yeah, the 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 willingness and wanting to survive, to drowning or being on fire, yeah, yeah, you know, you have that panic that you don't know what the fuck. I mean, and, you're like struggling to live and feeling helpless on mm-hmm. top of that because you're trying to keep yourself alive from this prick killing you. You know, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so then I'm going to say, when I came to the part of my research where his, <laughs> he said his motivation for committing the murder was due to a sense of liberating his victims, how he felt his actions were justified, yet the very nature of the methods he used to commit the murders made the patient suffer a horrific, horrible, traumatic, and painful death. This alone <laughs> made me want to inflict the same punishment on him. <laughs> yes. Totally. Let the punishment yeah. get the crime. Like, you know what? Fucking put some bleach in his mouth, hold his mouth shut, and make him drink it. Spain, I'll make you a deal. I don't know how big this guy is, but I think I'm a pretty tough feller. I mean, he's about mediocre size. I am more than happy, and you can let him work out a little bit for this to go, rest him to the ground, and do the exact same to him. Yeah. I'll pay for the flight. I'll fly my ass out there yeah. to force like, it down his, his throat. So he has to open his mouth so he can force some fluid in and like, kind of like hold, you know what I mean? Hold oh, yeah. His mouth shut no, I would fucking, do it. Yeah. Let the punishment fit the crime. Yeah. That is my bottom line of this. Fucking, God, what a piece of garbage. Yeah. Fucking sugar-titted ass motherfucker. Exactly. So totally. I'm, over, I'm over here. I don't even know this dude. I'm just so pissed because it's old people, man. They're vulnerable. Totally. Totally vulnerable. I think about my grandma Pearly, man, you know, who's been long dead. I mean, she died... I was in my 20s, uh, so yeah. more than 20 years. You know, I can't imagine anybody doing anything even remotely oh, me bad neither. to her. Of course, we've talked about the discussion I had with the nurses at her nursing oh, home. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah you don't hurt I my grandma that, Pearly. I mean, because I had a huge discussion with a doctor that fucking lied to my face and, you know, about my dad, and I, I didn't put up with anything. It's like, you know what? He is in the last stages of his life. He deserves to be comfortable and if you can't provide him a level of care to make him that way, I'll find somebody else. Exactly. So are we ready to wrap this one up, or do you have questions? No, I'm or? almost done. Okay. Almost done. So um, the only thing about this story that made me happy was learning the judge imposed a sanction on his employers. Yes. Um, it's about freaking time a company that employer, employs somebody who commits such horrific acts is held accountable. So kudos to him. Um, questions. Nature and nurture. combination of both and let me explain why okay here he's got these mental issues that aren't really disorders disorders on the surface 
but there's a lot kind of going on there. Right. I'm kind of wondering at why things kept getting added to the problems they were supposed to be working on with a counselor. Right, and not, and not addressed. Yeah, and it's not, almost like they didn't give him medication. Yeah, it could have been. Because didn't mention anything about him being on medication. Which, but even so, you would think that you could give him some life skills back, even back yeah. in the 70s ago. Okay, hey, you know what? You're OCD, so meditate. let's, you know, let, uh, meditate. Or, or, hey, make lists. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, things like I, that. Yeah, I have to have lists. But things are being added, so maybe that was just a cry for attention in a way, because he didn't feel good about himself, and he wanted right. some more attention. And we don't know if he was bullied in school, but I'm assuming he was. Um, yeah, that's probably a safe assumption. If he was all mm-hmm. pockmarked and fucking acting, so that's starts. nurture. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, I'm thinking a lot of nature goes into this as well because. Oh, me too. With the rapid progression. Mm-hmm. So let's let's look at almost every serial killer that we've ever done. Right. Okay. The progression usually goes like this. It's just usually something like. Um, Stalking or yeah, it yeah. starts off like he first stalked women and raped them. Yeah, and then it maybe progresses to after that he realized that you know he can get in trouble after he went to prison for rape, and then he started killing, and his first victim was you know Joan Smith or whatever. Right, and, and it was very sloppy, and they don't associate it with him because it doesn't fit in with the other. Right, yeah. and as We've the progression the whole, goes, yeah. it, it goes up slowly in steps like that, mm-hmm. and you know then you got to talk cooling off period. Oh, yeah. You know, cooling off period doesn't go from one year to one day overnight. Yeah, overnight. Goes, like five days, three murders. Right, and that's, that's another thing that and, concerns me I with mean, it. And this is a, a lot of our big-time serial killers, like Bundy and even ones we won't feature. Right, Bundy, Gacy, yeah, even Dahmer. Yeah, they didn't Dahmer. have that uh, disorganized, go from organized to disorganized. Right, and even well, even the Beavis and Butthead <laughs> know, of right? freaking serial killing. Their they didn't pro- do that. Yeah, their, their progression was steady. It was mm-hmm. a steady progression. This one here went from a progression of... Insane. Just insanely. You're, you're going from administering a medication that will kill. Yeah. In, in, in large doses to using a caustic substance like bleach. Right. To essentially cause the maximum amount of pain. Right. Literally overnight. Exactly. And that is a big concern with this one right and that's what i'm saying it's a combination of probably nature and nurture both but i think maybe he was harboring these feelings from an early age right well and i mean because the insulin alone is kind of a painful thing because you like start to cold sweat and you, yeah you know what i mean I don't diabetic know i totally did i've never taken them however oh no i don't think i have but however to go even from the insulin to bleach and laundry detergent it's just like, that's a huge, like, like that's, not even comparison. You know what that is? That's Poughkeepsie tape shit going on. That is on. Poughkeepsie tape that's shit. That's shit that I would go like, no. That that's... is like not unbelievable shit right there. Like, like if, you told, if, if you told me, you didn't tell me Joan's name at all, mm-hmm. and you told me a story about somebody in the medical field that administered insulin and barbiturates to kill people, mm-hmm. and then you went on to continue a story about somebody who used... Uh, bleach and laundry detergent. You'd think I was talking about two people. That's two different killers. Yeah. That's two totally separate killers. Totally. Even if even if you said, hey, they were working at Hospital A, mm-hmm. I would still say in my head, that's two different killers because that's two different modus operandi. Yeah, totally. Day and night yeah. different. There is no comparison between them at all. 
to have this guy do both, and it's so quickly. There's so much, so much I need to research on this, but we can't because we're already at like an hour and 40 minutes. Right. Could have been a two-parter going on here. Right. And so, okay, so considering the vast number of jobs he had, shouldn't that have been a red flag to any prospective employers that hired him? No. Really? No. Because he went through a vast number of jobs in like a five to six year period. But to me, it's like, why did why didn't you stay at these jobs long enough? What you know what I mean? No, and I understand. I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down there. But as an employer myself, the one thing that I'm going to try to figure out is maybe the maybe Joan was just trying to kind of get his footing. Kind of figure out what his real passion is in life, you oh, know? okay. And yeah, he had the hair salon thing, but that left a, uh, a bad taste in his mouth. A partner fucked him right. over. So he's like, oh, okay, well, I can't start another hair salon. This is in my mind. <clears throat> because I don't have the capital to do it. Right. And I don't know how to get the capital to do it. And I don't want to take on another partner because that went south. Because we learned from our mistakes. Right. Exactly. Um, and then he goes on to restaurants. Yeah. And he opens up a restaurant. He's like, okay, I can't do that on my own. Because that didn't pan out. Right. So he's trying to kind of get his footing of where he is in yeah, life. Yeah, trying to find an occupation that he can enjoy as opposed to, you know, right, just I believe, working. I, I believe that everybody should enjoy their occupation. Right. Me too. Most of the time. Me too. Most of the time. Like, I drive truck because it ble- it's more my hobby than anything else, and it's relaxing. Yeah. I like to drive, too. I mean, I love my delivery job. It's, like, totally relaxing. You want to hear the bizarre thing? Like, I can get in my pickup and drive any fucking place I want, right? But it's not as relaxing if I don't have a direct reason to be going there outside of just going there. That's a purpose. Yeah, like a purpose. And that's why I enjoy the trucking gig. Right. It's fucking wonderful that way. And plus, unlike a lot of companies, they leave me the fuck alone. They just say, hey, Scott, go. you get your aggression out by calling people all sorts of names. I do. I actually mentioned that in another uh, podcast. Yeah. Is that, uh, yeah, because you've heard me cuss people out. Now these people can't hear me. Yeah. Most of the time, just sometimes I hang my head out the window and go, you fucking idiot. Right. So, last question, okay. and I know you. I know what your answer is going to be because it's the same as mine. Should every country implement the Spain's criminal code in regards to employer liability? I think that we should make that mandatory. Yeah, worldwide. mandatory worldwide because mm-hmm. we've ran into this problem several times, especially especially in the medical field. Oh yeah. I mean, it happens in some other places, like towing companies and shit like that, right. you know, but not as much as especially the medical field where you're dealing with people who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, the, the, the hospital staff will sit there and go, hey, Bob over here is really shady, and it's really weird that a lot of his patients have been kicking off. Right. You know, that's that's weird. Right. And coworkers are referring to him as angels of death. Right. You know, and hey, we notice he's around the drug cabinet a lot and right. some shit's missing. And what have we seen? We've seen uh, companies that the administration goes, OK, Bob, you don't work here anymore. OK, right. you can go away or we'll give you a different job in administration where you can't be around right. people. And we're going to kind of sweep this under the rug. Or you and, can leave with um, compensate, you know, a, yeah, well, uh, what's it called? Not a pension, but... Um, Compensation. It's no, uh, a um, severance. Yeah, severance package. And we'll give you a good recommendation. Yeah, and things like that. Yeah. And let me tell you, man, when if you're doing that as an employer, and I hold myself to that same standard, by the way, as an employer, if I have somebody who's harming people on purpose, I should be held just as liable if I know about it. Right. Totally. If, if let's say it's uh, like... Uh, it's aiding and abetting. When we go back to building uh, stages, mm-hmm. which was part of my company prior to, to COVID, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, if I have an employee that's purposefully going, okay, if I rig it this way here up on the, on the trusses, it'll fall and hurt people. And I find yeah. that out purposely. Or if, if they're like just jimmy rigging it so it looks okay and then it does hurt somebody. You yeah. Know, and, and they know it will. And if, if, if my guys are telling me about that shit mm-hmm. and I sit there and go, okay, Bob, you don't work here anymore. You just kind of need to go away. And I don't report it. I should be held just as fucking liable. Right. I should be with a felony. One hundred percent. Because that wouldn't you report that to the bonding agency that like you know that bond them to working construction. And I stuff? would do that. Plus, yeah. I would call the authorities. I would call the cops. Oh, okay, gotcha. I certainly one hundred percent would. I would do that to a family member. I'd call right. the cops. Go, hey, look, I've got this jackass mm-hmm. working for me who's kind of rigging things to where it will fail and it will fall and hurt somebody. Right, and I think there's you know you malicious know, so, intent. Yeah, and I I would make sure to document that we. Went back and checked all of his work and made mm-hmm. sure everything to cover my own ass. It, yeah. Because that's my responsibility right. as an employer. 100%. Completely. Just like if I had somebody who works for me who does, uh, I don't know, research or anything like that, who was using the electronics maliciously. Right. I certainly would press charges in a fucking heartbeat because nobody deserves that kind of bullshit. Right. Yeah, like embezzling money or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Because totally when it comes to the you. money part, it's not even a monetary value. It could be $1 or it could be $10 million. Right. It's the intent behind it. Yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's the principle of the matter mm-hmm. when it comes to the money thing. Yeah, because you can do a whole bunch of shit online. I mean, you can get uh-huh. into the dark web and just like go crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't want an emu and a giraffe showing up at my door. So there you go. <laughs> I want a, I want an elephant, but whatever. <laughs> a goat, <laughs> or goat and an elephant. There you go. <laughs> okay, I'm done with all my questions. And stuff. All right, we're wrapping this one up then. All right, this has been Brutal Nation. Remember, oh, we got a new email address right. that we want to shoot at you guys. It's BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Also, check us out on Medium at Brutal Nation or on Real Crime Beat. No, just crime beat. Oh, is it just crime? I can't read that. Okay. I just said there's. Oh, no it says or real. crime beat. Sorry. Or crime beat. Yeah. Or crime beat. Yeah. We just got picked up by then for yeah, our blogs. Yeah, we just got picked up by a publication on Medium. So you yeah. Yeah. So we got picked up by then. Check us mm-hmm. out there. Medium really is an awesome resource. I know. I love Medium. I think we're still doing vocal media. We are still on vocal media, and we're and still hub on pages. hub pages. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so check us out there. And we have been well. distributed on hub pages to affiliate publications yeah. too. Which, so we're we're pretty yeah. much getting out there really yeah. really well. All right. This show is copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. And we will talk to you fellers later. Bye. Bye.